Welcome to Success Hangouts. My name is Sean David on Normalcy, and on this show, I have conversations with high achievers and share these stories of everyday people. And the main aim there is just extracting insights on what it means to have a successful life. Uh, so I want to thank you for tuning into this episode, as you've done over the last episodes. I also want to thank those who have reached out with their comments personally on my social media platforms, just interacting with me with regards to the previous episodes. Really thankful you tune in. Now, um, for 2021, this is the first part, uh, first episode in 2021. And since it's a new year, there's a new look, there's a new phase to the uh, podcast. So I really want to welcome a good friend of mine, Mr. Shevin Giwa. He's going to be joining from now as the co-host of Success Hangout podcast, where we talk about success um, from, from a broad perspective, but we also narrow in to really talk about the, the, the values and those critical impact making uh, pointers that we can take out there and transform our world. So that's really what the podcast is about. And I want to welcome my really good friend, a certified blockchain, uh, blockchain, what do you call it? The blockchain solutions architect. There you go. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was like tongue twisting. <laughs> I knew it was tongue twisting. <clears throat> Excuse me, there's lots more that goes with it, but yeah, we'll keep it as simple as that for now. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So welcome, man. I mean, it's it's a pleasure to have you uh, as my sidekick. You've been my sidekick um, off the podcast. Uh, you've been my sidekick for years from uh, being my best man uh, to, you know, uh, living in two different... No, no. Two different countries and four different cities, or is it yep, how many cities? Four, four different cities. <laughs> living in four different cities uh, at the same time. I mean, living in the yeah. same four different cities at the same time. Uh, it just almost feels like, you know, I can't get rid of you, you can't get rid of me. So, not I'm even glad if to you tried. <laughs> <laughs> no, awesome. So, I'm, I'm glad to have you on here. Good, thank good. You, so thank do you, you want to do a bit of introduction? Just let people know, you know, what your, you know, your background, what you do and all that stuff. Yes, uh, that will be a, an absolute pleasure. Um, well, like this is called Success Hangout, right? Uh, as far as I can remember, Show and I have been wanting to be successful for a long time. And I use the word wanting to be successful because... Uh, whatever level of success success or attainment you achieve, you're always looking to the next level of success, the next bar, the next goal, the next dream, the next um, uh, milestone. And uh, this has led us on uh, very interesting journeys of self-transformation, self-reflection, and just generally want to understand how the world works and how best we fit into it and how we can make it work for us at the same time. Uh, this process led me to study project management uh, because I was filled with, filled with lots of ideas, hopes and dreams. And I just needed some form of system to take it from mere ideas to getting results, which led me to project management. Uh, on getting into project management, this was about 12, 10, 12 years ago now, I realized Project management was just a formalized way of putting things together because most of the things I learned in class were things I already did in my everyday life and business. Um, you know, going down the line, uh, I dabbled into furniture making, 
um, started a drive-in cinema. This was out in Nigeria. Um, worked on land and property deals, which I still do till date. Uh, and now, well, thanks to technology, we can do so much from with so little from wherever mm-hmm. we are in the world. And I find myself in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space. Mm. Uh, yeah, were you going to throw something? Yeah, in? yeah. No, no. I was just going to ask about the blockchain um, because that that you know old cryptocurrency space is big now i mean oh, how yeah. much is bitcoins uh, at the moment uh, how much it, are bitcoins? It, it hit a high of about forty thousand uh, dollars within the yeah. last two weeks and i remember i remember when we started this conversation it was still in like maybe a thousand or two thousand something yes, along that uh, that range and it just skyrocketed so it'll it'll be good for us to have a, a specific uh um, uh, conversation around that so we okay. have a, a specific episode about that but I want to go circle back to Nigeria uh, yes. because there's there's a series that uh, uh, last year I started recording I haven't released it and okay. um, that uh, series is looking at the history of Nigeria and looking at um, sort of the uh, convoluted knowledge and the gaps in our understanding of what the problems of the countries are uh, and how that interplays with Black Lives Matter and other, you know, sort of global conversations. So I haven't released that yet. Uh, and I'm so glad to have you on board because we we can really talk about that going forward. But just what's your what's your view on nigeria as a whole because it seems like nigeria is in the news everywhere you know you can't get rid of you can't get rid of these people called nigerians <laughs> no you can't if you travel anywhere in the world and you don't find coca-cola the company and you don't find nigerians just know that nothing productive can come out of there leave immediately <laughs> i like that right i'm yeah. going to be using that from now on when i get into a board meeting i'll be like listen there are only two things that you need to look out for anywhere you go in the world. Coca-Cola yep. and, and Ni- Nigeria. Nigerian. If, if you don't find a Nigerian then and Coca-Cola, just run out of there because yep. you're in a, in a third dimension in is some it, alien space. It's a terrible place to invest. <laughs> if a Nigerian is not there and Coca-Cola is not there, then you're, you're in a terrible place to invest. So, so it's, talking about this productivity of Nigerians, right? Yep. It, it is critical. What's, what's in your view what uh, uh, what's the reason in your view uh, why are nigerians typically very productive people wherever you throw them um let's i'll, I'll circle back to um the, our little history i mean like you and i's personal history in nigeria i mean and i'm talking most recent history and this is the time when you were working at the central bank and i mm-hmm. was working at the national assembly uh, mm-hmm. and if, if we dig back to why we chose those places to work, it was because we were trying to understand how the finance of the country worked and how mm-hmm. the systems, the political and governing systems worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, o- over the years, we've come to uh, different conclusions. But one thing was clear. The systems were not designed to benefit Nigerians. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, one that's major thing. Clear. One major thing that we found and agreed uh, uh, with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, and and this then ties to the second question you asked, which is why are Nigerians productive? Well, 
if your government doesn't care about you in the sense that they don't put any systems in place to make things work, uh, there's no uh, social safety net that ensures certain boxes are ticked, for example, education, healthcare, uh, you know, good roads and the others, and the basics of life, right? If there's no system that puts those in place, then there's the tendency for you to develop thick skin to the point that you know you're responsible for almost everything yourself. Like mm-hmm. I like to say, in Nigeria, you're your own local government because you have to provide mm-hmm. water for yourself, you provide electricity for yourself, you provide uh, security for yourself, then, well, you have to face traffic or, well, you and uh, the people who live around you, your house come together to build the roads and wherever you live. So mm-hmm. if, if that's the mentality of the average Nigerian in Nigeria, imagine how well they will do when they get to... Uh, uh, parts of the world where they're where, actually where things are actually working there we go so your your prayer points are no longer prayer points because they're just sorted uh, mm-hmm. uh, by the environment you're in therefore mm-hmm. all the energy that you'd have spent to pray to think to strategize and to build something you can mm-hmm. spend it doing something new and something productive mm, that's an interesting take i never yeah. looked at it like that uh because you 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 in effect in effect you no longer have those um, sort of mind blockers and energy zappers, as I like to call them, right? Yeah. Those things that zap your energy because you you have to expend a lot of energy praying and, and stuff like that. And I'm not belittling the power of prayer. I'm just saying that there are certain things that are not necessarily important to pray for anymore because of the advancements of systems, science, and you know, and humanity in general, right? Yeah. Um, and again, that's another point. That's another conversation for another day. The role of humanity and what we call Westernization. But I, I never looked at it from the point of view that you you just mentioned. You know that when you now come outside the country, you are no longer uh, in that energy zapping state, uh, and you're able to tap into systems that work right and you're able to leverage it quicker so your financing you understand how to leverage debt and things like that much quickly <laughs> speaking of debt where do you even have access to debt in nigeria true, true. So that's the that's the first question like there's a saying in nigeria well in yoruba specifically mm. so it's not even about having money it's about having access to money, whether it's debt so, or whether so it's for those, or... for those who don't know, uh, uh, speak or understand Yoruba, let's translate that uh, for them. Uh, for um, if you, there's the Yoruba proverb translated in English, or the translation yes. says, if you find someone that lends you money or borrows you money, anyone to borrow you money, then you should be thankful. You yeah, should be you filled should be with gratitude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's because there's no credit system that um, helps us sift who is qualified to get a loan and who's not. So Mm. we're dependent on uh, the people that we know, which creates some form of uh, trust. And then they can either vouch for us or loan us the money, hoping that we will pay it back as at when. And this also translates to why the average Nigerian wears their wealth on their sleeves. So uh, if you find um, the notion of having, quote unquote, big cars and expensive uh, things that other people can see, even if you live in a rented apartment or a crap home, well, 
the notion came from having to wear your best self on your sleeve because that's your credit score. Uh, mm. And this ties to another adage that says, Irini si nisoni lojo. How people the, the see, way you. see you. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So. <laughs> and, and, and you know, these proverbs, so, you know, uh, I, I, I published my, my second book, as you know, yes. uh, Proverbs of an Inspired Yoruba Man. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when you look at the history of some of these proverbs, or yes. you try and connect the dots between some of these proverbs and um, uh, colonial histories mm-hmm. or, uh, or certain uh, neo-colonial uh, struggles that we have today, right? So, for example, I can see a correlation between um, uh, cultural insistence to not take loans or yeah. to not borrow money and want to be debt-free right and that's a normal uh, that's a, that's a, a a quite popular uh, perspective amongst the black culture so if you relate that and then you take that yoruba proverb <laughs> for example right yeah. and that perspective you can see the correlation between some of the neo-colonial issues and perhaps you can identify that some of these proverbs came out of that so it's not necessarily that we are people who uh, uh, esteem wearing our wealth on mm, ourselves, or rather we had to adapt to a certain perspective and a climate or climate yeah. that we grew up in. Yes. Mm, mm. That is that is so, so fascinating. I never, I never imagined it. Mm. Okay. Go on, go on. Yeah. So, so let's go to your uh, your childhood, right? Um, growing up in Nigeria, what was that like for you? Uh, growing up in Nigeria was fun. It was fun because it was real. Um, I'm. <laughs> I say this with all humility. Humility. I'm one of those people who was privileged to live on both i both sides of the tracks. I mean, both mm. sides of the spectrum. Um, I as my for primary education I went to St. Xavier's Ikui. Uh any of you who live in Lagos have well who know St. Xavier's Ikui, you just get what I've said without even me having to explain. Then um right after going to St. Xavier's for primary education, I went to St. Gregory's College. Uh <laughs> we love to call it Ikui, but it is more Balindi than Ikui, but hey, anyway. <laughs> You have to lay claim of something. Hey, hey, why not? Um, (laughs) It's so it's so bad that um, I told one of my friends once that I went to St. Xavier's for primary school. I went to St. Gregory's for secondary school, and she looked at me and said, "What did you do wrong that your parents did that?" (laughs) Because (laughs) because it was two different worlds, right? St. Xavier's Ikui is uh, a posh, uh, mainly Caucasian school, Mm -hmm. and at the time that I went, uh, and St. Gregory's College was this. Uh, a school that used to be it, it was like uh, I don't want to say this or else my Greg's colleagues will crucify me I was going to say yeah, <laughs> it's the, it's the it, was cl- it was there an up and coming it, 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 it was it was it was like the it was uh, a rival to King's College back in the day but oh, yes, uh, it, was. it, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't yeah. the level the, the playing field wasn't leveled anymore but hey I ended mm-hmm. up there mm-hmm. and I made the best of it but here, here's mm-hmm. the thing right um, going to St. Gregory's College exposed me to a certain part of the world and a certain part of life that I would mm-hmm. never have seen if I did not go there. Mm. You know, I mean, like real life, like meeting children 
who uh, were sent to school by parents who didn't care what they did there or even if they uh, graduated. Uh, parents yeah. who paid their school fees but didn't give them money to eat and they didn't know where their next meal was, was going to come from. Some people had to walk home from school instead of taking... Oh, this is how complicated you know sorry this is how you'd understand the uh, the dichotomy between the two so my first week in St. Gregory's College my parents used to drop me in school like the way they dropped me in school in, pri- in primary school mm-hmm. but we realized nobody was dropping their parents the, their children to school all the children came in public transport so oh, that was I like see. the first first quote unquote culture shock like okay mm-hmm. oh then obviously I got called the uh, Botakid to the point mm-hmm. that uh, one of my classmates would still would seize my school bag and say, "If I don't give him some amount of money, I don't get my school bag back." <laughs> you know, like it, it was it was super you know, interesting. It's so, it's so it's so it's so fascinating how you your story is. I see it as the opposite for me personally, right? Yeah. So I think um, from a class perspective, mm-hmm. I have had to work my way from the bottom class up up within to a certain level and i'm you know i mean by no means by no means there yet but i've had to leverage some of my family history that some of my family members never really cared about but i've leveraged it uh, and had to climb up right so for me climbing that sort of social uh ladder has caused quite a number of trauma right Mm -hmm. because uh, you know i could have been that kid that was dropped at that uh saint gregory school that you just mentioned by an auntie who didn't look back because i didn't even grow up with my parents i didn't even know my dad till i was 15 and i was born in ijebode you know far farther out from the commercial lagos city right Mm. so you know for me it was it's almost like polar opposites <laughs> so yeah. no no no, no, no. <laughs> but, there's nothing wrong then, with it but but then but then the lessons are the same as well I mean, of go, course because i was on clubhouse a few days ago and somebody asked a question around i know somebody was uh from a from a um, um sort of like a high class within affluent, the nigerian yeah. circle right an affluent class within the nigerian circle young guy doing great stuff he left his job at kpmg moved back to nigeria to do some you know um uh, transformational work that he could he leverage his own uh privilege and build something solid he mm. then said in in the clubhouse conversation uh, and admitted to his privilege of and course. said that you know what this would not be the same for the average guy in nigeria mm. all right so when he said that i had to go up stage and say you know what I appreciate you for saying that. I really appreciate you because in my journey so far of climbing this uh, imaginary, and that's another conversation, (laughs) this imaginary social status that we've we've put ourselves in in Nigeria, right? Um, Mm. I've seen the scorn. I've seen the ridicule. I've heard the words. I've seen, you know, the slight comments and uh, reservations. And you think to yourself, you know what? Aren't we struggling or aren't we trying to fight the same battle here? (laughs) <laughs> right mm-hmm. so so it's uh, but we learn the same thing right so you i see well permit me if correct me if i'm wrong but the way i see it is that you've had to drop your prince crown and become a pauper to understand the story oh definitely. of the pauper right <laughs> to be and able I'm to that- see sides Go and on, I see on. myself as that papa who is trying to get a crown. <laughs> nah, you, you've already, you already got the crown. You already got the crown. No, uh, that's good. You, you know, the, the thing is, it's a, it's a multi-dimensional chess game, 
right? Mm. Uh, you've got the pawns, you've got the officials, you've got the king and queen. And um, if you don't understand the role, the function, and the situation that each of the chess pieces are in, it'll be mm-hmm. difficult for you to understand and win the game. True. So if, um, like you said, I sat with my crown, I would have been clueless to the experience of the, you know, other social classes. And what that would have led to is I would exist in a bubble and Mm -hmm. wonder what is wrong with everybody else. True. But having gone through the transformation process that you have gone through, that I have gone through as well, I'm able to see it from everybody's perspective, you know, uh, to some uh, degree. Like I can Mm. tell you the reason why uh, your uncle has five cars and wouldn't give you one is because he has a certain uh, way of thinking and a mode of operation. Mm. You, on the other hand... I like to say he has a programming. Of course, exactly. And the, but mm-hmm. some, the someone on the other hand cannot understand what he's doing with five cars. Can he drive all five at the same time? I don't even have one. And he's got five. And he doesn't even think he should give me one. You see, it's two different mentalities, mm-hmm. two different uh, 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 destinations in their head, and two different programs, like you, said, like you rightly stated. Mm-hmm. The difference between uh, the person who has it all and the person who doesn't have anything is not because one of them has two heads. It's because True. one person sees things as possible. The other person sees things as everything is going against me or this is just not designed for me. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. And that, that goes to that success mindset that oh, definitely. You know, we talk about quite often. That It's important for you to have a success mindset because if you believe something strong enough and you hold that thoughts in your mind long enough... Uh, and find the right strategies and align with the right people you'll definitely see progress yes. so success mindset is very critical it is now nah, that's awesome well Siegel, you know pali as i always call you this is i just wanted to sort of you know let's introduce you to to the uh to the regular regular listeners of the podcast um so that they can kind of know who you are what you stand for um because for us uh, and you you can correct me if I'm wrong here, right? How I see it is that you know our path is like um, it's it's I liken it to the a group of a, a two friends who are committed to seeing the difference that we've spoken about for so long amongst black people and Africans, right? Especially Nigerians because mm-hmm. we're Nigerian. I was born in Nigeria. No matter how much I try and run away. And put up my accents. <laughs> my huge factor still comes in. <laughs> so, so there's there's no way. And when I get into a boardroom, people will still see me as a black man, right? Mm. So I can't run away from my identity, and I've got to own that identity. But before I own an identity, I think that it's critical that we define what identity am mm. I holding on to in the first place? Because sure. some of us have been brought up with specific uh, uh, expectations of what our life should be and how it should turn out. And that that image that we keep in our minds sort of inhibits us from from a, uh, standing and understanding who we are, right? Standing yeah. for something and understanding who we are. So that's, that's sort of the way I kind of, you know, see this interaction 
Uh, you know, let's let's share with people. This is where we stand. This is how we see the world, right? And also interact with other people. Get people to come on the on the podcast and share how they see the world and where they stand as well. Because we all stand in different places, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, we all yep. we all stand in the same uh, yep. different places, but we come from the same source. You know that example I like to give about um, five of us in a room. And we're mm. standing in a circle, and someone asks me, "Oh, Shagun, what do you see?" Oh, I saw a white wall, and the person right oppo- opposite me is looking behind me, and he sees a clock. And the person to my right looks right across from them and sees a TV. Uh, the person to uh, my other side looks to the other side and sees a wardrobe, uh, a bookcase. So all mm. of us have seen different things, even though we're in the exact same room describing the same events. So I will tell you how undecorated the place was because all I was staring at was a blank wall. The person who was across from me was was talking about how we were so um, effective with time because he was looking straight at the clock. The other person would tell me how distracting the meeting was because he was distracted by the TV that was on. The other person, another person would talk about how the host is a fantastic reader because he has an impressive collection in his bookcase. Mm. We've all described one meeting that we all attended at the same time from our different perspectives. If I decide to argue with you and say, I don't think we were effective with time because the place was just blank and bare and it felt like time dragged forever. Well, I don't have any rights to impose my truth on you. Because true. your truth is as valid as my truth in that exact same situation. Very true. Very and that's, true. And that's uh, because we've seen that truth from um, the point of view of where we stand and what we see. Exactly. And yeah. uh, as uh, three-dimensional beings, we're missing the fourth-dimensional view. <laughs> Okay, now that's deep. That's a conversation for another day, my guy. <laughs> There's no way we're going into that right hey. now. There's no way we're going into that. All right, let's 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 end today's episode. Um, for those listening, or if you're just tuning in, this is a sec- success hangout. Uh, and my name is Sean David Onomasi, and I'm, I've got a co-host, Sean Giwa, who's joined in 2021. We're going to be having conversations around success around people around nations around um topics that you know are of every day because mm. the way we see success is um success is not just a material thing it's not mm. just a financial thing success for us is not materialism success for us is a holistic view towards life a holistic point of view towards life you can almost say you know sustainable point of view towards life right so that's really what this show is about so thanks for listening please interact with us on social media we're on instagram at underscore success hangout so reach out to us we're on facebook as well we'll love to interact with you and if you want to jump on the show and talk about you know success from your point of view please do reach out uh, and we'll be glad to host you share any final words final words final words um the the journey of life is pretty short right uh but we spend so much time worrying about things that we shouldn't worry about instead of enjoying the process it's all a process nobody has it figured out so uh i will be looking forward to um speaking (laughs) with other people who see things differently from myself because that's how we all learn 
grow and become better. You see, I, I chuckled there because that's why I've got you as my friend, right? <laughs> you have a way with these deep statements, right? You just drop it and, and that's it. So, okay, all right. I hope you picked that up, Benny. <laughs> so we hope to see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, all right. Have a great day.